Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. All right, we are back with the Indie Author Lifestyle Show, and this is episode, well, I'm actually not sure what episode number it is right now, just because it is the last week before 2020, and yeah, there's a lot going on, Christmas, New Year's, just all the fun things. Stephanie, what is going on in your world? Hey, Angela, we are in that last week of 2019, which you know, funny enough. So my significant other sent me, so you know, the, um, the gentleman from the Hunger Games, the, um, the, I don't want to be like disrespectful to those of that ethnicity, but like the Asian gentleman from the Hunger, I mean, not the Hunger Games, the Hangover. Uh, Hangover. Yes. Yes. I was like, the Hunger Games, I don't know this one, but the Hangover, yes. The Hangover, there you go. And you know how he, um, like they used to use him in a meme and it was like, but did you die? Yes, I love that. He sent me a meme and it had 2019 at the top and then it was like, but did you die? (laughs) (laughs) And I really feel like 2019 has been like that. Like, especially even with writing, it's like, but did you die? Right? Like, you're still writing, you know? Yeah. Okay. We're going to include this meme in the show notes because that's too funny. (laughs) We have to. It's beyond hilarious. But, um, you know, so for all our listeners, did you die? No. (laughs) But we are... We're in that last week of 2019, and it's been an interesting journey this year. Like, I'm kind of, like, reflecting on all things writing of this year, and, I mean, I wrote a ton, most of which will either not be published for, like, a couple of years, or they just won't be published at all, and, you know, you know, if you've been doing this long enough, you know that there are just some things you write it all out completely, you realize this will probably never get published, um, but yeah, it's been interesting. I finished my short story. I um, I came up with my strategy, which, you know, we did discuss in a few episodes ago where we talked about different ways to um, strategize for your, for your books and whatnot, which we'll also delve deeper into next year. But I did come up with my strategy going from a short to novellas to novels. And for anyone who reads young adult um, epic fantasy, you would know that some of the authors, that is the strategy. You really either a short story or you start off with like a series of small short novellas that kind of hint at different parts of the world to be and then they launch full on into the actual series you know it's very fun the short stories give you basically a gateway to dump a whole lot of backstory (laughs) and you can dive in right and so that's what I did I wrote the short story Um, I'll be releasing the title the series name all that and stuff in the new year but it's really fun my goal was 7k naturally because I'm long-winded and I just don't know how to write anything short it came 
out to over 13k so um now i'm in full-on revision mode it's just been really fun completing this story um and now being able to like dive in and hash away and add to it my heart is in it this was one of those gut stories that came out in a few days like it didn't take me long to write it at all just because it was there and it was ready to be written um and i think there's something to be said for our listeners like you will reach that place where you'll have those stories, you know, you work, it's been in your mind and in your heart for so long. And then when you sit down to write, it just floods out of you and you finish and you're like, whoa, that was done. And I can actually say this is amazing, even though it's in its raw form. So that's where I'm at. I'm really, um, I'm proud. I'm pleased. I'm happy because it has been a tough writing year. So I'm glad that I've been able to um, just do this, especially right before Christmas. I think that's really fun. Um, and so that's my project is this short story so that I can go ahead and kick off the new year diving into the novellas, which there will be five. So, so what is all going on in the world of Ford and what is new for you with your stories? Well, thanks for sharing your process. I think it's really cool that you have a gut story that just poured out of you. My gut story was back in 20, I think it was 2018. It was Citrine's Monsters, which is the freemium on my website. And that was like the story that does, it just happened for me. And I think it, sometimes it comes at a time where I'm most frustrated with writing because newsflash, I'm not always completely this happy little writer who everything goes smoothly for and I just churn out novels all day long. Like sometimes (laughs) it gets totally frustrating and I feel like sometimes I need to take a break and write those stories that are really on my heart or just like kind of write whatever I want to write and make it happen. So as for projects right now, I'm still kind of in break mode. Actually, not even kind of. I am still in full vacation mode. I'm just relaxing. I think when the new year comes or whenever my editor gets me back the first draft of my novel, whichever comes first is when I will really kind of crank down and get back into it. But I feel like right now I'm in more of a planning mode. And I was looking through like books and like just like studying and what else I can do to level up my craft. And I feel like every year I come to a point where I just want to learn more so that my books can be better. Like it's never, I'm never completely happy with where I am. Like I'm satisfied enough to put a book out, but I always want to level up, to do better, to take it to the next level. So I'm kind of in that mode where I'm like, ooh, like what books can I buy? What what courses can I take? Well, actually, no. I'm more of like a, give me a book and a workbook and I will make it happen. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I'm not that into courses. Like unless it's something more technical, like, okay, let's going to learn, we need to learn ads. What can I do to like, what videos can I watch in order to make it happen? So for that, like, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm really excited about digging into the crap and I'm really excited about 2020 and just all the things. Like, I feel like I have gotten to a point where my life is just kind of mellowing out a little bit and I don't have massive change taking place. So it'll be really cool to see. And so In this episode, episode 12, I just remembered what episode number it is. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about, I think, three things, kind of like the habits of successful authors and then what kind of mindset you really need to be an indie author. And then finally, goal setting, because I feel like one of the things that kind of links together successful authors is that they set goals and deadlines and then make it happen. And so that's really what I'm excited about digging into 
today on episode 12. No, I totally agree. Um, and I love that breakdown. Habits, um, habits, mindset, goals. Three, you know, it's interesting because the three can be compl- conflated, but they're completely separate, different things. And, you know, sometimes as indies, especially, you know, if we were trad authors, we would have editors and agents banging down our door like, hey, your deadline is coming and you do not have an extra day. Get it done because it needs to be in our hands. Whereas with indies, it's like, oh, well, if I don't do it, I mean, hey, (laughs) you know, who's going to email me and be like, um, excuse you, where's your manuscript, (laughs) right? Like you can just give yourself an extra week and then an extra month. And then soon you realize, oh, I've given myself an extra 10 years and I've done nothing, (laughs) like, you know? And so, um, as Indies, we do have the flexibility of how fast we can get it done and how much, you know, we can put on our plates, et cetera. But, um, there's also, It's also a danger because then we can get too easy on ourselves if we're not, if there's no one else to hold us accountable, if we are our only sense of accountability, then if we're not good at telling ourselves, get it done, then it does not. And so, you know, to be successful, it has to get done, period, point blank. Like nobody cares if the book is in your brain, you know, let's just be real. Nobody cares if the book is edited. No, like they only care if it is published on Amazon and they can pay two ninety nine and buy it and read it, right? Like that's the only time they actually care. Like, yeah, you're writing it. Okay, when are you going to be done? <laughs> when are you going to publish it? <laughs> so I'm really, I'm excited for this episode. I think it, it's important for us to wrap up this year knowing um, just some of the things we need to get together before we dive into this new year. Yeah, which is awesome. So I guess we can start out and just kind of dive into mindset a little bit because I feel like not a lot of people have the right attitude when it comes to being an indie author or they don't have the right mindset or the right background in order to make it happen. And so one of the things that I'm finding, I guess more for myself, what was really important when I decided to become an indie author is that... I decided I want to be a career author. That is, I'm not writing just because it's fun and I'm not publishing books just because people want to read them. Like I'm also doing this because I need this to be one of my major income streams. And I feel like one of the things that really forced me to change my mindset about publishing was when I quit my job in 2015. And it was, I had everything set up and I'd been writing and my goal was to publish my book that year, but it just happened earlier that year that an opportunity came up and I was like, you know what, I'm really fed up with the whole traditional work lifestyle and this job has been great for bringing an income, but it is just too stressful right now and I need to quit and do other things and so I decided to freelance and I also knew in September I quit in I think it was March or April it was April and I decided that I wanted to go ahead and start freelancing to use that as one income stream and then in September I was going to publish my very first novel The Five Warriors and I have published a very short story uh, earlier I think in 2008 think that's when I published like my first kind of like self-published book it was atrocious it was awful I learned so much from it but it's so helpful to go ahead and get something out there so I decided that 
I wanted to publish it and it was going to be one of my major income streams. And I think when you come from that angle and you go, okay, like I need to make this happen and this needs to be a major income stream, I think it automatically changes your mindset because you're not thinking, let me put this on Amazon to see if it makes some money. You're thinking, I'm going to put this on Amazon and it has to make money because this is my income stream. And then that led me to doing a lot more research and preparing and making sure I was setting myself up for success before I even published the book. And I think when it comes to that mindset, you have to sit back and decide what do you want out of this? What is really important to you? And then go from there. Uh, what are kind of your thoughts on indie author mindset and what what's needed for that? No, I agree. I think uh, at the outset, it serves you to sit down especially if you are new um if you've been in the if you've been in the game for a while you're a career author like there's no oh am I doing this for a hot no like this is your bread and butter this is your life that's not a question but if you (laughs) if you are in that place where you're starting out or you know you're towards the end of that first draft and you're like oh you're you're beginning to consider I think it serves you to sit down and define for yourself, am I going to be a hobbyist or will this be a career for me? You know, because if you're going to be a hobby writer, then yes, you can write, you can publish, you can sell, make a little bit of money, you know, your friends will buy it, your family will buy it, and you'll be fine. You'll know that you published a book, they loved it, you enjoyed the process, you had fun, and you can continue to do that. If it brings money on the side for you and it helps, you know, supplement a little something for your family, great. But if you decide this has to be a career for me, I'm done with the typical nine to five. I I don't want the commutes. I don't, you know, I'm not meant to serve the man as we learned in the episode with Meg Cowley, um, episode uh, 11, I believe that was um, with Meg Cowley. And she, you know, she reached that place where she knew like she was not made to, to work, you know, in a cubicle her entire life. You know, if you recognize that you want this to be your bread and butter, your career, you're going to sit down and there's some changes you're going to have to make. You know, like Angela mentioned, you know, the perspective shifts because then you realize, no, I have to be writing. I have to be publishing. I have to garner what are all the costs that come with it? How can I keep a low overhead? How do I make sure that I am publishing and also marketing in a way that gets me in the eyes of readers, that gets me income coming in month after month, you know, better yet, week after week, you know, keeping that you know that money flowing so that you are able to live off of it completely you know knowing how much money you need to live off of therefore how much money do your books need to make right for you to survive and so when you recognize those two angles you approach being an indie author completely different and I think that honestly will help you know listeners I think Angela to define are you trying to be an indie author you know like are you just writing for the fun of it or you are trying to be because when we talk about indie authors we're talking about career authors these are men and women who this is not just fun for them this is a full-time business they are CEOs of their brand and their and their books are their products right and so you do not serve your market if you do not have books <laughs> you know what i mean and so i think once that mindset is clear then you know i think it shifts how people approach it because then you know it removes 
excuses and it removes this desire of, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to make any money, but it's like, well, it's not a matter of you don't know if it's going to make money. It has to, like, you need to figure it out, period, point blank. Like when it gets on Amazon, you need to figure out how to get readers on there and enticed enough to spend their money with you. So I, I, you know, I really think that when it comes to mindset, those are the two big things for me. And I, I think that would help listeners as far as define for yourself. Are you really, are you really trying to be an indie author? Yeah, I love that. And uh, it just makes total sense. Like you need to have that, the right mindset. And I think also one of the things that really helped me was reading a lot of books on entrepreneurship because being an indie author, you are, you are owning your own business. This is your business out. This is what you're doing. And if you're a career author, it's your business and you are completely in charge. And so it is up to you, those release dates and when books are coming out and how much money is set aside for it. And I will say one thing that really helped me before I actually published was having a job that I relied on because that's where the money came from. Well, that's where the money came from in order to pay for the expenses that go along with publishing. And so I knew I wanted a really good cover. I knew I, well, I actually didn't think about editing that much, but now editing is one of the major things I think about. Like I need a fantastic editor in order to move forward. And so what I did uh, a couple years into publishing, I actually sat down and I wrote out a blog post on how much money it takes to become an indie author. And I was looking at, I was publishing, or my goal was to publish three books a year. And that was my very, I won't say it's a modest goal, but that was my goal at that time. My goal has changed since then, but what I was looking at and how much money I needed was $10,000 per year in order to, that was just to cover the publishing expenses. And so after I looked at that, I was like, okay, well, what do I need in order to move forward? How do I need to change? And there's a saying that um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so whenever I get to a place where I'm stuck, I always think about that because entrepreneurs, they persevere and they always think about how they do things differently to get them over the hump. And so when you get to a place where you get stuck, you start thinking about, okay, what can I do that's different? What if I not tried? Who do I need to talk to in order to help me get past this area where I'm stuck? And there are plenty of times where I've been stuck in the process and I couldn't figure out what to do. And I think it is having that mindset where, you know, I'm going to keep going no matter what, but I'm going to be smart about it and figure out what, where my problems are and what I can do to solve them. And so I feel like that's also helpful for the mindset is making sure you know what you're getting into and you have that ability to persevere and keep moving forward. And in past episodes, we've had interviews with absolutely awesome indie authors who've talked about these different things. And as you can tell, like any business, it's not always a walk in the park. It's not always easy. Uh, you have real work to do. And it's rewarding and it's fun and the process is fantastic. And I feel like one of the things that's really important that goes along with having that right mindset is also goal setting and setting goals to set yourself up for success. So I want to dig into that next and kind of talk about goals for the new year and actually what both of us are planning to do. So Stephanie, if you want to take it away and share some of your goals for 2020 and what you're going to do to help yourself be successful. Yeah, goals and planning. So <clears throat> as far as goals, I'll tackle that, I'll tackle that first. Um, I'm 
I tend to approach things with a very macro perspective. I, my, my goals and dreams are always big. And then I break them down. I'm like, Oh, that's a lot of work. (laughs) And so, um, personally for me for 2020, I know that I want the first, I want to be in the place where the first novel of this young adult epic fantasy series to be published not just the first draft written and well for it to be published which means that the short story has to be published the five novellas have to be published and I also have to write go through betas editing and then publish that first book by the end of 2020 and so that already puts me at six stories and that's not the only one because while I am writing this um young adult epic well I most of them they're just about all young adult um but they're not all I don't think like epic fantasy so to speak um I do have standalones that I will be writing as well I know you and I talked about this so I absolutely adore fairy tale retellings I think they're beautiful I think they're fun um I'm a sucker for romance, so I always end up reading, like, the Beauty and the Beast ones, <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm sure Cinderella and all those are probably really fun, too, but the most popular one that I've come across is Beauty and the Beast, and I love reading them, and so um, about a year or two ago, I I was like, oh, well, what if I did Bible retellings, because if you don't know, for our listeners out there, I am a Christian fantasy author, and so um, I was like, oh, I could do Bible retellings. That would be a lot of fun. And so I am diving into that. Ironically enough, most of the stories are about the women in the Bible, um, which get like, you know, not too much shine, which is probably like one of my motivations behind it. But I just think their stories are so unique and um, their stories are a lot of fun. And so one of the stories I will be kicking off next year will be about Rahab. For those who have never picked up a Bible in their lives before, (laughs) Rahab was a prostitute. Um, she lived in Jericho and when the Israelites were going to come and destroy the city they allowed two spies to slip in and Rahab helped the two spies um, in exchange for when the Israelites were to destroy Jericho for them to protect her family so while they were going to ransack the city you know she and her family would be spared you know she let the two spies slip in they observed the city and then she snuck them out no one could find them and so I think that's so awesome because she was a prostitute, right? Like in those days, women like that got stoned to death, you know? And so um, she she fascinates me. And there, there are other women as well I do want to write about. And so she is the first one I will be writing about. It will be a world about fae and elves, which I'm so excited. I love the fae. I love elves. I think that love comes from Lord of the Rings, you know, the elves of Rivendell, you know, beautiful classy warriors <laughs> of light right and so I'm really excited for that and then also the episodic story um the story that I've been writing with my audience so the series itself is called the queen of stars and storms but the novella starts off with the mercenary and the Aaron empire that is why I believe has four or five novellas if I planned it out correctly and then it will be it will lead into a trilogy um so i'm not certain if book one of the queen of stars and storms will be released yet however i do know that um 
one, if not at least two or three of the novellas in that world will be written as well. And so to give myself less stress, my worlds do overlap a bit so that it's not like you're, you know what I mean? You're not like building from a brand new world every single time. Um, But it's a lot of fun. I think that 2019 was such a strong world building year for me that tackling world building has gotten so much easier so I can like fly through these processes now but those are my goals haven't even talked about planning yet right so those are my goals um I'll talk about my planning after you know you share your goals just because that was like a mouthful but um yeah a lot of books a lot of shorter stories which will be you know, they'll take less time to write and, you know, I'll fly through them, which will be fun just because I know the world, you know, once you know your world, you're set. <laughs> like, like nothing can stop you. You can just fly through it, honestly, um, because you feel like you open your eyes and you're there, you know, so you can see what's happening. So um, those are, so there's, let's see, a short story, five novellas, book one in the epic fantasy about one to three novellas in Queen of Stars and Storms, and then at least one standalone. Um, so, yeah, a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. And that's, that's definitely will keep you busy for a year. But again, if this is your full-time income stream or one of your main income streams, then it makes a lot of sense because you do need to have that, that writing time and then your production time. So getting it out. So I feel like 2019 was a really good writing year for me. I feel like I grew so much as a writer and I learned so much. And so it, it makes it a lot easier because I have like six stories I want to bring out in 2020. And I feel like I've already done a lot of the groundwork for them. So it should be fairly easy just to finish them out. And it's not like I'm writing six books next year. I'm publishing six books next year. <laughs> so that's that also a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work, but it's, it's also different. And I was thinking about, I don't even know like what my publishing schedule is yet, but I do know I have the Night of the Dark Fae trilogy and that is already out for pre-order. And so obviously I'm going to release those three books. They're all going to be done and out. And I went ahead and scheduled out the pre-order for, I think I did four months in between books, just because that gives me an extra month for wiggle room, just in case I'm writing a little bit slower than I think I will write. Um, I know this year, I have been, I feel like I've been all over the place, but when I look back at the big picture, I can see that I was super productive, even though I was planning a wedding, getting married, going on honeymoon, moving twice, just, just all the things. It was super busy, but I feel like life's, even though life was happening, I was still able to get things done, which is super encouraging. And so for 2020, I also want to release uh, the last three books or the second half of my Legend of the Nameless One series. And that has been a lot of fun to write. Um, I just had to take a mini break from my characters. And this is actually not the first time I've taken a break from them. After I finished book two, I took a little break to write Prison in the Sky, which is my fantasy romance, very inspired by my wedding. I just wanted to write something that was absolutely beautiful and left you with all the happy, warm, good feelings, which is what that book is. And so that was a nice little break because Legend of the Nameless One, I feel like 
I'm at the halfway point in the series and everything is taking a sharp turn and I just have to be prepared to write that and go on that roller coaster with the characters. And so those are my six for the year that I'm going to publish and then I will just write whatever else comes to mind. Uh, I tend to plan a little bit based on designers and editors. And so I'm actually going to jump into planning and then turn it over to you a little bit because I want to talk about how to actually make it happen. Like now that I set my goals, like how do I actually make it happen? And so I have an idea of how long my stories are going to be. Uh, each book in my series is going to be in between 60 to 70,000 words. And so that's not a ridiculous amount of words. As an epic fantasy author, I had to take a break from writing like massive tones that were over a hundred thousand words just had to take a break i have one in the works though but i just had to take a little bit of a break from it and it's been a lot easier to write the shorter stories because it goes so much faster i had no idea and so now when i'm, I'm thinking about oh i'm gonna like bring out six books this year is not such a I think if I were a new author, I would be so intimidated by that. But because I've had years of practicing and really honing my craft and figuring out what, what I need to do before I get started, it helps so much. It makes writing so much faster. Mm. And they still end up being really good books. Like I have readers that come back and they tell me, oh my gosh, like your writing has improved so much. I'm like, it's crazy where I could spend like two years writing something that was my worst book. And then like three months writing something is the best book ever. It's just so <laughs> interesting. So I, I really want our listeners to hear that because your, your writing style and how long it takes you to write books will differ and it will change. You might be a long-term author and it might take you years to write a book and that's okay. And it might take you a month to write a book and that is also okay. I feel like a lot of people put judgments on quality and the longer it takes you to write the book, the better it will be. But that is actually not true. Not it, it really depends. And so my better books are the ones that took me a short amount of time to write, but it's also because I'm a more seasoned author. I'm more comfortable with myself and my writing. And I do a lot of studying to try to figure out how to level up my craft. And so that really helps make it a lot easier to write. And then as for planning, I really can get off <laughs> on like tangents and kind of doing whatever I want. So I've discovered the best way for me to make sure I stick to my deadlines is by booking an editor. And so with Night of the Dark Fae, what I actually did is back in, oh, I think it was September. It may have even been August of 2019. I was reaching out to editors to proofread realm of ice and i met this um this wonderful editor she was on readsy i sent out um i asked five people to kind of like proofread it and they all sent me samples and hers was by far the strongest sample that came back and i was like she really is going to dig in and make sure the book is excellent so i went ahead and booked her for december 2nd for the first draft of uh pond which is the first book in the night of the dark Bay series and because I had that deadline from August or September, I had that deadline for December 2nd. It really helped me with making sure I knew how many words I need to finish, when I needed to finish the book, how much time I needed to review it and go over it, the time I needed for beta readers. Like it really helped me work backwards. And so I feel like for myself, in order to make sure my deadline is going to happen, I just need to go ahead and book an editor, give her some money, and then make sure I meet the deadline. 
And for the record, I actually failed at meeting that deadline because <laughs> I just got really busy. So I sent her an email. I was like, the book is going to be a week late. I'm so sorry. Just, you know, like it can be a week late turning it back. But that really helped me with making sure I stayed on target. And I finished any amount of time I needed to finish. And then I had enough time to review. And then with the extra week that I took, it gave me even more time to finish up my review. So I wasn't just rushing through the story. So that was really helpful. And then the other thing that I also do is go ahead and book my cover designers because awesome cover designers book out. And I love having a gorgeous beautiful cover like it really encourages me to actually write once I get the cover I'm like oh my gosh everyone needs to see this <laughs> so I go ahead and, and go ahead and book my cover designers and so I actually have one booked for March she's going to do a trilogy for me no idea what that trilogy is about but she's going to get it done and then I'll have something <laughs> fun to write <laughs> this, this is the pantser in me life, talking life of a pantser like queen of all pantsers I tell you <laughs> You listen to me, I'm talking about planning. <laughs> but I also plan to be spontaneous. It's a plan. So I have that. So once she has that trilogy over to me and I have all those beautiful covers, that is going to be my late 2020 project where I can just enjoy writing that because I have all the covers. It'll be great. So that's usually what I do in order to help myself stick to my deadlines. I also have, I've said this like, 50 times, but Night at the Dark Fae is available for pre-order. So that also gives me more deadlines, which means that I have to have that book uploaded on Amazon 10 days before it goes live, which means that I need to be done with writing, editing, proofreading, formatting. So that that's a great deadline. And like I said earlier, I gave myself four weeks of wiggle room just in case I'm not going as fast as I think I am, which is, it's probably going to happen. I know I go, I think I can go so fast and then I go a little bit slower and it's totally fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I just know that, know myself now. And so I give myself that space. So anyway, over to you, Stephanie, what is planning look like in your world? Uh, can I just touch on the fact that I think it's awesome that you have three different types of deadlines, right? So you have the editor deadline, which they can, you know, they can be pretty on you like, hello, book, excuse me, <laughs> you know, then you have the cover design deadline, but then you have the publishing deadline, which is like, uh, hey, you can't dilly dally here like people are expecting because nothing is more annoying as a reader than when you buy a book for pre-order and then you find out that thing is not coming out for several months sometimes even till the next year like i i pre-ordered i won't call the name out that's not nice but i pre-ordered a couple of novels and you know they're they're big named authors now you know they were on talk shows and all that stuff and you know, the, the book was supposed to come out at the end of the year, not coming out till like halfway through 2020. I was like, oh, you have got to be kidding. Like, because the thing is, you know, readers finish the book and they're so excited for the next one. And so when they pre-order in their minds, it's like, okay, I will have this book by this time. And so when you don't meet that deadline, you've got some unhappy readers. And so um, I think it's really smart. I think I think it's genius, honestly, to make yourself have a timeline according to the times that you've booked these professionals, 
hint, hint, these professionals to take care of these services for you because then you have to get the work done, you know, like whether, you know, I mean, yeah, sickness comes and things show up, but you won't just do whatever you want with your time. And, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I was supposed to get this book out in three weeks and I haven't even started it yet. Right. So, <laughs> you know, we laugh, but it's true, <laughs> you know? So I think it's really, really smart to use booking professionals as a way of giving yourself deadlines. As for me, um, I tend to craft calendars for myself depending upon um, how much I'm writing. So I start from the front end of things where I say, okay, this is what I want to write strategy wise. Okay. I, I plan from a strategy standpoint. I know that I want to write this series. These are the amount of books that will be in it. This is how long I, per, I perceive each and every book shall be. This is how long it will take me to write each and every book. Okay. You know, like I break it down. I think like, okay, this big old thing, this is how long it'll take me to do this and this and this and this. And I kind of just narrow it down until it's like, okay, now let me get started. I have a week to write X, Y, you know, this amount. I have to, a week to write this book. Then I have to get it out. Then I have to start the next one and so on and so forth. And so that's how I start planning. I, um, especially like with this epic fantasy series, just because it's, it is so big and will take <clears throat> a lot out of me. Um, I've learned throughout the years that I also need contingency time because I tend to give myself a schedule where every ounce of my time is booked for for writing and it's like you will overwhelm yourself which I have you will burn out which I have <laughs> you will want to quit which I have and so you know and I'm sharing all of that and being transparent so our readers can know like that is not the move at all. Like, do not tell yourself, okay, for the next 12 months, I'm going to be writing nonstop. That is ludicrous. Like, you need to say, okay, I will write for three months. I'm going to break for one. And I will start another fun project for the next month. And then I'll break for a week and then I'll dive back into the series. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something else that I've learned is that when I'm writing something so big as this epic fantasy series, I need to have passion projects scheduled in, which is why I will be writing that standalone and the episodic stories of the Queen of Stars and Storms. Those you know, it sounds like a lot probably to our listeners, but for me, those are, those are passion projects. They're fun. I don't have to put a lot of thought and energy into it. It's just, you know, it's by elementals. I'm throwing whatever I want in my brain in there and I'm just having fun writing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a fun, feel good story. It's entertaining. It's suspenseful, that kind of thing. Whereas uh, the YA epic fantasy series, that's taking a lot of focus, energy, research and crafting, pouring my energy into it, building out the world, defining the character. Like there's just so much uh, from the writing standpoint, we haven't even touched editing and formatting and we haven't even gotten to there yet just because it's such a deep story I have to factor in those fun ones and so you know that's how I plan as well as like I have that main story and then I think to myself okay what else can I write during the break times to give my brain a break from this story which will kind of help me to relax in the interim times and help me to refresh when it's time to face this manuscript again and really, you know, 
polish it, hone it so that it is the best product for readers. And so um, I tend to craft my, I, I look at the year, you know, 12 months, 30 to 31 days, 28 in February. And then I sit down and I think, okay, by the end of X month, I want to have this done, which then like, if I say, for example, I know that I wanted the novellas to be done by Q2, halfway through Q2. And so I told myself, okay, if I'm going to have it done, I believe on my calendar, it's either April or May that these novellas should, for the most part, be done, or at least more than halfway through. I look at that and I say, okay, I need to start writing by X point and I need to have this book done by this one, this book done by this one, because you also have to factor in, like you mentioned earlier, betas, right? And you can't tell the person, oh, hey, by the way, here's a book that's X amount of pages long. You have like five days to read it. They have lives, <laughs> you know, they have things to do. So you have to factor in how long it'll take them to read it. You know, what's a fair amount of time for them to read it, get you feedback. And then how long you'll need to revise with that feedback and then to get it to an editor. So just factoring all of that in, um, that's how I plan. I, it, it can sound like a lot, but for a person like me, again, I always plan from a macro level. Um, I have to do that. Like I have to know the big picture and then I literally have to break it down into many tiny little steps on what I do every day. Like I break it down, honestly, y'all, to what I do every day. So like I know what I need to get done by each quarter as far as like books and which series they're coming from, et cetera. And then I break it down into months. Like, okay, I need to have this done by this month. And then I break it down into my weeks. You know, this, these are the amount of words you need to write this week. This story needs to be done by this week. And then I break it down into my days as far as like how much do I need to get done to actually, you know, um, fulfill my goal. Right. And then of course, planning, planning fun time, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do anything on Sundays. I'm just going to watch TV, go to church, watch TV, chill out, go to the park with my, my significant other, whatever the case may be, you know, how, how, you know, planning recharge time, essentially, I guess we can call it just planning time to reboot, recharge dive back in again and get it going so for me that's how <laughs> I tackle planning no I think that's really smart because you go from the big picture all the way down to the tiny picture like you do your macro planning and then you break it up to micro bites where you can get things done and I think that's super smart because I follow a similar process I don't necessarily do like every day but I do have time scheduled out for writing like my writing days are five days a week and that's it because I, I have life I have my husband and he likes to do things we like to spend our evenings together and so writing is not an everyday well I say it's not an everyday thing it isn't an everyday thing and I don't even spend that long of a time writing like I realized looking back like my writing times are like one to two hours five days a week and that's it but I'm also seeing like when I was a beginner back in 2014 you know one to two hours a day means like 200 words now it means 2000 so it is different now that I know like my speed and what I can do when I'm inspired and usually like if I really need to get my words in I use a website called for the words because it is it's a gaming website and you get rewards for writing or you like fight against monsters. And so 
you can write 2000 words and win your battle against a monster. I love that kind of stuff because at heart, I'm a gamer who tries not to be a gamer. Like I only game on weekends. Like I play World of Warcraft only on weekends because I don't have time to spend writing time doing the fun things like that. But I agree, Stephanie, it's really important for us to write, um, make sure we schedule time for having fun and having downtime so we don't completely burn out. And, you know, I was a coach for National Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, um, back in November 2019, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I was a Twitter coach, which meant that I was on Twitter for 30 minutes for um, every day for a week, just talking to people. And it was towards the end of NaNoWriMo where people were just kind of like burning out and they were exhausted because you're spending so much time writing and just just in that book and just writing, 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 writing. And I think it is easy to get burnt out when you do like those like massive, like high amount of words over a very short amount of time. So I think it's important to make sure we have those breaks in there. And yeah, yeah, we, this was really good. We're coming to a close, but is there anything else that you want to add in before we leave? Yeah, no. Um, speaking of, you know, you mentioned NaNoWriMo and this thought that came to me. I think um, for listeners who may think, oh my goodness, what you guys are doing is overwhelming. I could never do that. I think it's it behooves you to also understand that we're able to do that because we've built writing habits. Um, once you have an established habit, honestly, the process and the planning to get it done is not overwhelming at all because they go hand in hand, right? Like you can't keep up with something like this. Like you can't make deadlines if you are not someone who's, who disciplines themselves and writes, right? Like for example, Angela, you said you write Monday through Friday, one to two hours every day. Um, and that brought you from 200 words in a couple hours to like 2000. Well, you know, it's interesting because so in the beginning of this year, my writing habit was really spotty, right? Full confession, confession session here. You know, we're not perfect this year. My writing was just, it was out of the rails. I would have spurts of writing, you know, an incredible amount of words. And then I wouldn't write for sometimes months, and I realized when I got into the habit of writing every single day at a certain time in that day, I, I tend to write in the mornings because that's when all of the creativity is there. I'm less distracted. There's less things going on. I don't go on social media or anything like that. So my brain is still fresh with that creativity. And so, um, and I do it for a certain amount of the week. Most of the times it's Monday through Friday, sometimes a Saturday session if there's nothing going on and I can do that. And so when I found myself, at first it was like, okay, you got to sit down, you got to write. And then the next day you got to sit down, you got to write. Then I realized I was waking up and I knew automatically wash up, pray, go write. Like it, it became it was like any, it was like your, my routine as far as like, I wake up and I brush my teeth, you know what I mean? And so once that clicked in, the words not only came out quicker, they came out faster, they came out easier. But then I realized, I mean, I blinked, it took me like two days, maybe three to write a 13k short story for some people they can't write 10,000 words in like a couple months right why habit right and so I think um you know as we do reach the end of this episode I would encourage you to if you do not have one to build a I would say daily writing habit because if you're gonna be a successful career indie author 
that needs to be a part of your routine. I don't care whether you have kids, whether you have a spouse, whether you you know you have a full time job, whatever the case you have, may be, you need to figure out when in your day you are going to carve out words. This is a business, so you need to figure it out. When are you going to build your product each and every single day? I think when that habit is established, then things like planning out a year and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have six books done, published, like, you know, without a doubt, you will have six books, six books published by the end of 2020. But that all boils down to the little micro things as building a daily writing habit. Because then those words are coming out, those stories are being written, and then you can publish it. So I think that would be my my final takeaway from all of this, you know, in um, you know, in correlation to planning, having the right mindset, setting goals, you need to establish a writing habit because if you do not have one, you cannot be successful at this game. I very well said, and I absolutely agree. I think one of the things that helped me actually become more of a career writer and not just like an author, but actually figuring out how to write was having that habit. And I took a, I actually took a course, write, publish your book in a hundred days. And we talked so much about habit up front that it just became sealed into me. Have your place where you go in your house. Like this is my writing seat. This is my writing spot. And for me, when I was living in a little apartment, it was the dining room table. Like that's just where it was. Like go to dining room table, sit down in that chair and write. And it makes all the difference. And again, like, like you said, it's a habit you can cultivate. You can learn how to cultivate any habit, anytime. Like all you have to do is persevere because that's the right mindset, perseverance. And having that mindset and then setting those goals and then turning it into a habit will help get you there. And if you have questions and if you have thoughts or you have anything to add, you know, just, just write to us. Um, you can go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com. This episode is episode 12. So it's four slash zero 12. And you can just leave a comment below. Let us know what your writing habits are, what your goals are for 2020, and what your plan is to improve and up-level your production. Yeah, absolutely. No, this was super awesome, Molly. We hope you guys take, you know, take this advice into 2020. Um, if you implement them, honestly, because these are not, we're not giving you fluff and we're not trying to make you feel good. Like this is stuff to make you money through your books, period, point blank. And so if you take it and you implement it into your routines, um, we do believe that you will be a successful indie author. And so we hope that you do take the advice that we, you know, we shared because we just want to see you succeed and we hope that you do well. So, you know, reach out, let us know, you know, which tips that you've been implementing in your author routine and how it's been turning out for you. All right, we'll catch you next time. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or a review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. 
Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.